little bit? A little bit? Okay. Maybe they can turn me up a bit if you need it. All right, let's expand on that church on the lawn thing a little bit about the important details. There will be Christian Brothers Barbecue. There will be Taco Truck, Kona Ice, Cold Brew Coffee, and Regular Coffee. Now the important things are done. There will also be sharing of the gospel. I'm just kidding. Just messing. Uh, seriously, bring somebody. This is, uh, it's, it's our way. It's twofold. It, it's our church picnic, basically. When we went to two services four or five years ago, we would do this to merge into one service at least once a year. And, uh, but we also use it as an outreach. We're going to share the good news of the gospel next week. So bring neighbors, friends. It's all free. We cover it's thousands of dollars for the stage and the food trucks and all that. But we want to sow into the seed of the community, you and everybody you're going to bring. So we are going to share the gospel and offer an opportunity uh, for people to meet Jesus. Also, we're going to bless the teachers and students going back to school. Uh, we know that it's a very stressful time. Speaking of schools, yesterday, uh, and um, man, what a fun time. Steve and Steve, could you guys stand up? We, we want to honor you. The Steves. Steve and Steve. <laughs> the Steve Power Team, uh, they coordinated and, and not only coordinated uh, serving the schools and adopting a playground and cleaning up and doing all that uh, at Broadway School and Tip, they also worked dozens if not hundreds of hours, manual physical labor doing that and scraping and, and pressure washing and painting and, and doing things. And then we picked three Saturdays. I think one was kind of a rain out, uh, but where teams came. So if anybody participated and went and served through the week with a small group or on a Saturday, would you stand? We just want to honor you and thank you for your servitude and your commitment to Jesus. Thank you. Now, I had three messages in the bank today. I had no idea what the Lord was going to do. Um, I, I, I was like, I have no, no idea. Coming off of last week, you just like, okay, what are we going to do? So I had seed. I had the power of the seed. I had the river, and I had the fire, all right? And I'm going with fire based on what Nicole said. She basically preached half the message, so that one's going to be the easiest for me to preach now. So at any rate, I, I had seed because yesterday one of the things we did was we pulled the weeds in all of the sections of the playground. And I felt like, like we could have easily, especially parts of the parking lot, we could have easily sprayed Roundup, and it would have been it just disappeared in a week or two. But because of safety and health, we wanted to pull them. But I felt like this. I felt like there was something prophetic and intentional in that of us working the ground and us actually getting hands dirty. They're out there with Maddox and, 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 and forks and all these things. And by hand, we're pulling these weeds. And I felt like the Lord gave us this vision. And, and one of the things that Steve has said, we have adopted our schools because we're adopting the next generation. And if we want to see revival in the next generation, then we're going to start with our local schools. And we have made such an impact on them, not to make us look good or not for any reason to make up our room famous or like, look what we're doing. No, to glorify Jesus and love the community and love the next generation really, really well. And yesterday I had this vision as we're pulling weeds, we are literally sowing into the ground. We're putting a stake in the ground saying we're going to own it. And, and the Bible, in, in, and it talks about reaping what we sow. And we, wanna, we know that the next generation, no matter what society says about the next generation from millennials down, we know it's a good generation. And we know it's going to be a generation on fire for Jesus and that, that are loyal with good work ethic and all these things, right? You hear all the bad stuff. But we are sowing into that ground saying, this is going to be a generation in love with Jesus. 
So I'd love to pray into that. I'm not gonna preach into the seed now, but I'm gonna pray into that what we did yesterday throughout what Steve Bowen has adopted and given us a mindset for and really just really switched something in upper room here to say we're not just gonna be inward focused and build up a kingdom here. We're not just going to build up a church and try to fill up seats. We are going to be the bride of Christ. We are going to be the hands and feet. We're going to reveal the love and the goodness of a really good father. And that's, what we, that's all our heart is in, in loving the schools is just to reveal a good father and to love really well. Honor is what love looks like. We want to honor well. So let's pray that those seeds, that literally the toiling of that ground yesterday, the working of that ground is going to reap a harvest for that generation and for this school system, for this community, for your schools, where you are, your children, your children's children. So let's just say a prayer. Lord, we thank you for, for what you're doing and the doors that are, you're opening, Lord. But Lord, we pray that you are glorified. We bless the next generation. We pray what's being sown into the ground through prayers, through time, through finances, through, through offerings, Lord. We pray that it reaps a harvest, that there is a good return on that investment. And Lord, we put it into your hands, and, and we know, just like you say, Paul and, and, and Apollos will, will, will sow in water, but you ultimately grow a seed, God. And we pray that there is fruit and there is harvest in everything that has been worked in that ground. We thank you, even the seeds of our hearts, God. The seeds of our homes, the seeds of children and grandchildren that are reflective of those who are here today, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. All right. Uh, could you stretch your hands out and pray for me? I have a daughter with a learning permit now. She's going to be driving. Just please, intercede. Travail, please. Whale. <laughs> she's doing really good. She's, she's, she's a very calm driver. I think I've been a pretty calm instructor. So uh, we've got an hour and 10 minutes logged on the book so far out of 50. We're getting there. So yeah, I need something. I need a bubble. So anyway, a um, couple things. I know we already talked about everything, but today after church is uh, Jason Mormon. Uh, Jason, can you wave? Amazing dude, heart of gold. Um, He's going to be putting on a class for photography and cameras. So even if you didn't know about it till today, you're welcome to stay. We're going to cover lunch. And uh, he's going to probably be in the big kid's room or somewhere teaching things about camera photography because we need help here. And he's going to recruit you for next week. Uh, so uh, it's, it's going to be awesome. Uh, Jason runs all, most of our media videos, uh, social media, takes the pictures most of the time and things like that. But he needs a, a load lifted off of him. All right, let me skip down to fire. Uh, let, let me just give some context. This was some of the notes, honestly, from last week, even though I was kind of like through the week, do I change it up? We're not trying to fabricate something here. We're not trying to push into something that isn't. We're not trying to say, well, we're going to recreate last week, but we're open to it. So I came into this week with like some loose plans of preaching and said, okay, Lord, if you do it again, you do it again. We, we, we come with loose hands saying, Lord, have your way, not ours. This is your agenda, not ours. And, and, and I guess his agenda for, for me to preach this week and not get another week off. But, so here we are. But, but here's the deal. Something happened last week. There was a marker last week in a service. And if you weren't here, you've watched it online, I pray, even if you can't get to that, that through impartation, through, through just, uh, you'll just receive it. You'll be caught up. Uh, one of the youth, Judah, he was sick last week, couldn't come to service. I texted him. He's my nephew. I said, hey, man, buddy, I'm sorry you missed this week. And then I prayed that he would just receive everything that happened last week in the service. So let, let's just do that real quick. Put your hand on your heart. And those of you who were not here last week, I just pray right now, I decree and declare that you will receive an impartation and beyond everything that was released, that was received, and that was powerful last week in Jesus' name. Amen. 
So, so one of the things is there was a marker there, and, and, but here, here's the thing. We're not going to fabricate, but we're also not going to ignore what happened. I want to cultivate what's happening. And I believe this. I believe we've been preaching years and, and been praying into revival and praying into that we will burn on an altar for Jesus. And there is a fire burning on an altar right now. There is a fire that's burning. And, and my hope today and my hope last week was to cultivate that and to, to stoke that and keep going because I want to be a student of his presence. I want more. I want to be hungry and humble. I don't want to reach this place. I was talking to somebody this week. I don't want to reach this place that I arrive or we as a church arrive. And well, that was a great church service. Check. No, I want all of what the Lord has in store for us as a body, us, as, us in a community, us in our homes, our marriages, our hearts, and I want to burn. There's so much more of the Lord, and I want to discover him, and I want to learn more, and I want to go deeper, and I want to burn. I, I shared on social media last week that it was probably one of the most powerful things that's ever happened to me, probably one of the most deepest, powerful encounters and it was when, just a moment ago, we began to praise. At the end of service last week, we began to praise. And I was just up here, I think, by myself or on stage alone or something. And I began to just praise and, and be moved as, as, the, as the Lord moved all of us just to be thankful for what just happened in the service. And all of a sudden, I feel somebody praying for me. I was like, who's that? <laughs> it's like, who's up here? <laughs> and it was Olivia, my daughter. And then all of a sudden, I, I called them prayer piranhas. And then my other daughters, and they brought Nicole up, and the youth began to surround me. And if you saw the picture on social media, it was one of the most moving things that I've ever experienced. Not just because of the powerful encounter, but because it was the next generation imparting on fire for something. Specifically, even my daughters. And I've always said, like, I love this ministry. I love platform ministry. This is only the overflow of what's happening. And if I'm not giving my first to Jesus, my first ministry is Jesus. Next is home. This is after that. And, and for me, I don't, I don't, so, so for me, it was seeds and harvest, right? And Nicole and I, we've been talking, we're like, Hadassah's only seven. We still have a little girl. When we were youth pastors, we used to take the youth to all these conferences and, and camps and winter retreats and all these things, right? And our, our oldest girls, they would receive that. And they'd, they'd have these powerful encounters with the Lord laying on a concrete floor at the ramp. So my wife, she's, I'm just going to be real for a moment. She's like, we still have a little girl that's not getting some of that. What about Hadassah? And so we've been yearning for, for this, and we've been praying for our kids. And, and, and quite honest, I haven't seen my kids like yet on fire, right? So uh, parents who are in the, in the, in the church, you're kind of, I'm sure you can relate to this. Like, man, I want them. And, and we've used the language in the past couple of years. We, we actually stole it from my friend Jamie Van Gelder. I am jealous for my kids to have more powerful encounters than I had. I'm jealous for my kids to have moves of God more powerful than I've experienced. We talk about ceiling and floor and that, that our, our ceiling will be their floor and their launching pad, right? And Nicole's like, we're, we've been going through some hard things and seeing some rough things and, and navigating through some situations and seeing some things on social media from some of our former youth. And Nicole's like, where's the fruit? She's like, we, we, we poured our life for seven years into some of these kids and where's the fruit? We're seeing some, some people caught up in same gender relationships and some other stuff. And we're like, and I said, Nicole, our, our, our job currently and then was to sow seeds. And the seeds are there. Just like the word says, you raise up a child the way they should go, they will never depart from it. They may step away, but they cannot depart their heart. It cannot. The Lord does never abandon them or leave or forsake them. 
So we began to just pray into this. I began to encourage my wife, like, there are seeds. There are seeds. We may never see the harvest. And then suddenly we see on social media that one of them, that, that, that a, a youth that we were part of, got baptized at another church. I was like, see, that's a seed. If we didn't have Facebook, we would have never seen that, but that's a seed. She got baptized. She's serving the Lord. It's not in this church, and that's great. That's okay. But she's serving the Lord. And we begin to see this, and then Sunday happens. These were conversations just a week prior. We're kind of sulking. And then all of a sudden, we are at a place that we've been connected to 16 years that we brought youth to. And I said, Nicole, it might be this next generation that gets, we get to see the harvest in from what we sowed in another generation. And all of a sudden, we come to Sunday, and there is a generation and a youth on fire in here. Yeah, come on, Jesus. So they receive something. It's an all-consuming fire. Hebrews 17, I'm sorry, 12, that Nicole read. That was key verse for today or last week. This means that all of creation will be shaken and removed so that only the unshakable things will remain. Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe. It's funny because the week before, Corey's speaking about the awe of the Lord. Then it says, for our God is an all-consuming or a devouring fire. Matthew, we go into Matthew 14 and 5 and 14 and 15, and it's talking about you don't put a lamp and hide it. You don't, you don't light a lamp. It's a city on a hill, right? It's a, it's a, a light that's put on a lampstand. It's something to be revealed. And then I want to I just kind of probably end here. This is first closing of five. Just kidding. It's not closing. Second Timothy is where we're really going to dwell. Second Timothy 1. Uh, let me see. I think we'll start at verse 3. I've got a couple fun stories. At least one after this. First Timothy one. I hope I'm right. Oh, second Timothy one. My bad. I always think these verses are in First Timothy two. I always get that one flopped. It's Second Timothy one. All right. We'll start at verse five actually. I remember your genuine faith. So Paul is 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 writing, he's talking about Timothy. And Paul's like, like basically saying, man, we've had these moments. I remember you every day. I miss you, Timothy. And we get into this. I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice. Now, I want to point out that the fire of God, an all-consuming fire, impartation, these, these moments, those, those markers like last week, it is a generational move of God. I see Lola in the room, and oftentimes it's Donna that comes with her. I, I'm, I'm a third-generation pastor, right? And we look through, and you might be the first generation of the generations to come in your family walking in faith. You, you may be the, the lowest, okay? But it is a generational move. What the Lord puts in you is for the next generations, it's, it's family trees. You're, you're breaking off generational curses, maybe. You're walking out, changing a legacy, changing a family tree. But whatever the Lord is putting in you, it is for the generations to come. It is not just for you. Let, let me be very clear on that. Worship is not just for you. We come in this room and we're like, well, I don't even like the songs they sang today. Well, shame on you because it wasn't for you anyway. Just as much as what the Lord is depositing in you isn't just for you. 
It's for the people around you. It's that city on a hill. It's that light that is not to be put or hidden or put under the lampstand or put under a bushel, right? It is to be exposed and revealed because it is the light of God. Whatever the Lord is putting in you, whatever impartation, whatever encounter, whatever revelation, whatever it is, there are seasons that it's just for you. There are seasons where it ministers to your heart. There are seasons that we go through that, that's for me. And that's discerning the timing. Like if the Lord gives a prophetic word, I, I, I just, I, last week after service, I went home and outlined an entire book of six chapters. It's crazy. The six rights of prophecy. I'm a paramedic. So there's six rights of medicine, okay? So it's like right dose, right time, right person, right, all this stuff, right? Right? Right. So I was like, it, it's, He'll give you the right word, but is it for the right timing? And is it for that right group or that right platform or way to share that word? It's, it's all these things, right? Right. Selah. And we'll have to switch to amen because I'm going to think right every time I go back to this now. Am I right? So, so anyway, it's the same thing with this. Like the Lord deposited something in these youth and some things are just for them. And some things are personal. Some things might be them for a season. And it's just this, this, this encounter. It's that well. We're digging wells with the Lord, these deep wells. And there may be a time where I go, where, I, where years from now, in a marriage or with children, I go back to that youth camp moment. I go back to that week. I go back to that Sunday service. I go back to that moment. And I draw from that well. But then... The, the, the giftings, the manifestations, those things, the Lord is giving you those for the body, for the others, for, for, the, for the unsaved, for the unbelievers. His gifts are to be used to reveal the love of a really good God. Not to manipulate, not to, not to glorify ourselves, not to make myself or, well, look what Upper Room's doing at the schools. No, it is to make Jesus famous. It's to make him appealing and attractive, the same as the gifts inside you. It, the tongues are not to make you feel good about yourself. Tongues are not a qualifier to make you think you're better than another Christian who doesn't speak in tongues. Prophecy the same way. It's to bring edification, glory. There are, I, I followed this guy on, on Instagram. He said, eight purposes for tongues. I was like, yes, 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 yes. And none, none were for me to feel better about myself. It's a tool, it's a gift, right? It's the same thing, all these things. But, but there is, a, there is a, a time and there is a reason and a purpose that is for others too. So, so let me get on with this. Where was I? Oh, it's generational. That's a long rabbit trail. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gifts God gave you when I laid my hands on you. So there's a generational component. Component. There's that thing, like, let me just say this. Every single one of you, including myself, I'm here because somebody prayed for me. You may be first-generation Christian in your home. You may be first-generation. We are the first experience and expression for some people that we are their first church experience. It's awesome. I love seeing it. They have no bad habits. They have no things to say prophecies bad or wrong. They, they, <laughs> unless they turned on TV at 3 in the morning, somebody's trying to sell a prayer cloth or anointing oil. It's not the gifts of the Lord. But, but here, here's the deal. Like, it may be, it, we're all here because somebody prayed for us. And, and let me just say this, we are praying for an entire generation. You may not have had a mom or a grandma praying for you. But there was, a, there was an intercessor. There was a prayer warrior locked up in some prayer closet somewhere praying for this generation, praying for millennials, praying for Gen Z and Gen X and, and beyond, right? There's, there's these people, we're praying, we're interceding. You were prayed for, you were covered. And let me just remind you that your greater, greatest intercessor goes on your behalf to the Father. His name's Jesus. 
So it may be generational. It may be that, that the Lord encountered you directly. It may be through the laying on of hands you had an impartation. So Paul's telling Timothy this. He says, fan into flame. Now, now here's where I'm getting at. Those things that we receive, that's from the Lord, right? That's from the Lord. That's, that I can't fabricate that. I, I can't give a gift when the gifts aren't mine. I can impart, and the Lord gives it. But he's saying, fan in the flame these gifts, whether from the generational, from the Lord directly, or from me laying hands that you received this encounter, or whatever he's talking about, the gifts, the God, the God moments, right? He's saying, fan in the flame the things that are inside you, even for when I laid hands on you. So I know that we did some of that last week, and I'm putting into context some of the things that happened last week and, and at youth camp and beyond and what was going on, because we believe on the laying out of hands simply because it's biblical. <laughs> you may come in here, and this is, I, I hope you turn in those cards and get your free coffee and your coffee mug and all that, but you might be like, no, that place is too weird for me, and that's great, that's fine. We're not the right place for everybody. But I'm okay to be weird as long as we're within the context of biblical truth. I was an atheist. I was talking to a former atheist this week, Devin. And, and I'm like, he's like, yeah, man, I want, I want all the gifts. I want them all. I was like, me too. And I was like, it's pretty crazy that, that atheists, we didn't believe in any of the Bible. I knew it. I knew what it said. It was great literacy. It was a great, great book. But it meant nothing if I didn't know the Lord who wrote it. So when I met Jesus, when I met the God, the author who wrote it, I believe in all of it. And we were beginning to talk on, that, on the phone. I was like, man, now, it's like, if it's in the Bible, I want it. So he says, fan in the flame. The spiritual gift God gave you when I laid hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power, love, and a sound mind or discipline. See, see here, here's this cool thing. Like, we get these gifts. We get the, the he's an all-consuming fire. We have these moments in the Lord. And let me just say this. I don't know about you, but all hell was shaken last week. Probably have more phone calls, more issues, more, more junk than we've had in a very long time. What a great compliment from the devil. I think he may have forgot he loses. <laughs> Everybody say, devil, you're a loser. See, God wins. God wins in your marriage. God, God wins in your children. God wins in your finances. He wins at your workplace. God wins the final end. Have you read Revelation? It's a pretty cool thing that happens. He wins. And then we get, caught, we get to be caught up in the fullness of his glory forever and ever and ever and ever, singing holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is, and is to come. He wins. And none of this even matters anymore. No, we tend to build things. Those of you who are very uncomfortable, especially once the kids were in here, you can be thankful we're reviewing the contract tomorrow for the expansion project. <laughs> but let me just tell you, building doesn't matter in the end. How comfortable I am in my seat doesn't matter. My car, <laughs> Chloe gets to drive what we call, we have two nicknames affectionately for her, her inherited car that I made very clear is still my car. Let me make that very clear, Chloe. This is not your car. I have control over every bit of that car and when you drive it. It's tank or the green machine. That's what we call it. It's a 2001 Acura MDX. The, the display panel is all lit up. I don't even know what some of those buttons are. It's got good tires and good brakes. Don't judge me. 
you probably had some crappy first cars yourself. It's like buying a brand new boat for your first boat. You don't do that. She, baby, you can hit something. I'm not even going to care as long as you're safe. So we're going to wait a year or two to buy a good car. Now, let me get some fire stuff on you, and then we'll, we'll wrap this thing up. When the band comes, could you just sing the song you sang last week? Set a match, let it burn, that one? Cool. Um, so, Fan in the Flame. I like this, because Paul's saying, Timothy, you. He's not saying, continue to let God fan in the flame. No, no there, we, we have an ownership in this. I want to burn on the altar, right? We were given prophetic words to our daughters um, this week, and we, we take turns individually and take them on a, a school shopping and just begin to release uh, prophetic words, pray, ask what their heart is, and we just take that intentional moment individually one at a time. And there's four. I pitched an idea this year. I was like, hey, guys, what do you think about all five of you girls going and shopping together, doing all the clothes shopping, and then I join you individually for the dinner and dessert? Yeah, that is the dumbest idea ever. <laughs> Quote. So I went shopping four different times on tax-free weekend. The first weekend of the month. It was amazing. I saw something at Walmart that you can't see anywhere else. Can I rabbit trail on a non-spiritual funny story for a second? Okay. I'm walking down. Nicole sends me on, on a mission to get uh, sanitizer wipes, uh, paper towels and, and tissues that's on the school list done check I'm on it and then I'm like it's just chaos so I was like get me out of the school supplies aisle we're at Walmart so I'm like okay so I get I, I start to walk out of like a main aisle and then all of a sudden I hear yelling and I look and it's this mother maybe in her 60s 50s yelling at her daughter in her 30s who are both on the motorized scooters the mom stopped the daughter hit her and then she starts yelling and then the daughter's yelling back well if you wouldn't have stopped and I'm like I grab my phone to take a picture I was like that's not Jesus <laughs> but Lord thank you for that moment at Walmart Okay, I had to figure out, how did I get on school shopping in the first place? I got there. One of the words I gave Chloe, she, I, I, I started to say, if you know Chloe, she's our oldest. She is a steadfast, immovable being. She, she is so uh, amazing and genuine and pure. And nothing, no, nothing like, like rattles her. Chaos can be going around, around her. She's just calm. She takes it in. She processes it. And I said... I began to release the word that Jesus said on this rock we'll build the church and I said you, you know Jesus is the rock and you've discovered that and he's going to continue and he's going to you know I kind of begin to release this word that's a little more private I said and you're also the rock I said and I saw the Lord taking the mortar I said you're kind of like the brick on an old house sitting on that firm foundation I said but there's mortar between that connects them and makes them stick together and, and be that firm foundation together and I said, and that would be like spiritual disciplines or what some people say, you know, like the communion, the word, the, the, the fasting, prayer, worship, that, that time, right? And I began to say, like, that I also see the Lord taking adventures and fun. I said, for me, I would consider spiritual discipline hunting. 
It's not a, a spiritual discipline listed in a book anywhere, but for me, that's my alone time with the Lord. I may not be in, like, like in that, that dedicated prayer or in my word, but I'm, I'm sitting there enjoying God's creation. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying the beauty and the quietness with the Lord, maybe some meditation and some things. That is like a joy thing within my mortar, right? So fanning the flame is, what, what is it? What's your mortar? Fanning the flame, and, and I'm a firefighter, and there's three things that are always required for fire to sustain. Heat, oxygen, and fuel. Now, now, here's the thing. Even in the old days, when you're talking about bringing your offering as a sacrifice to the tabernacle, you had to add things, and they would, inside the carcass, build a fire and add wood and add these things and the fuel to the fire, right? So the Lord brings the fire, right? In my opinion, he's the heat, right? And then also there's times that, that others will, will, will stoke it and blow that. That's the impartation. That's the oxygen. So, so the Lord is the fire. He's the heat. He's the all-consuming fire. And then others, these moments of, of last week, conferences, something that touches me. Maybe a person gives me a word. I believe that's the, the Lord providing a wind through that person. He, they're stoking the fire. But I feel it's up to us to add the fuel. When he says fan in the flame, I believe that's up to us to say, okay, I'm going to put more wood. I'm going to spend more time with the Lord. It's not just a Sunday to Sunday event. This is a relationship that we get to stoke throughout the week. As I go to sleep at night, as I wake up in the morning, I will worship, right? There's these things on my way to work. I'm going to worship. I'm going to put you first. I turn off my country music from my sinning going home from work, and I put back on my worship music going into work. I'm just kidding. I'll be honest. On those K-Love drives, sometimes I switch to country a little bit. I'm a Christian, but I listen to country a little. So, so here's the deal. Like, like, these are the things. Like, what are we doing to stoke? What are we doing to fan our flame? Who are we surrounding ourselves? What, we're, what are we getting into? Uh, one night this week, like, CrossFit games are on, and I love watching the CrossFit games. Also... Big Brother's on. Can, can I let you know on an embarrassing secret of your pastor? I have watched all 23 previous seasons of Big Brother. <laughs> Fun fact. I love Big Brother. I'm not advocating it, especially like a few years ago. It was raunchy and nasty and dumb, and it's three nights a week, okay? But we buy the season so we don't have to watch commercials. You're like, oh my gosh, what a weirdo. I found two guys at the fire department who also watch Big Brother. <laughs> we, we talked about doing, you know how they have fantasy football? Like, we should do fantasy Big Brother, and at the first episode, we pick who we think is going to go all the way. Anyway. One night this week, I was like, girls, I feel we need to worship. Turned off all that. The girls now, they're into Big Brother. It's like, we feel it's a clean season, so they're like, can we watch Big Brother? Like, no, we're going to pray and worship tonight. It's fanning the flame. Like, I want to make sure that we as parents also fan the flame that the Lord put inside them. I have a responsibility in that. I have a responsibility to my wife. I have a responsibility in my home to fan and flame whatever the Lord's stoking, what he's doing, and the heat he's bringing. Let, let me, let me, the band can come. Um, me and uh, a really great fireman named Lyle, we were rookies at the Troy Fire Department. It was around, uh, I've got over 20 years in. It was probably our first year there, roughly. We got this new grass truck, brand new grass truck, this big Ford, I think, maybe F-350, I think. Anyway, it's got like nozzles on the front. And I, I'm an Ohio boy, and I don't have much brush fire training. I have a good friend, Scott Thompson. Um, he's been here, spoke, really dear friend of mine. He was a, a wildland firefighter for Cal Fire. And 
And he, he comes here, we get to know each other. He's like, I could not do what you do. Go inside burning buildings? That's crazy. What are you thinking? And I was like, I can't do what you do. Get dropped off with an airplane with a backpack, a foil blanket, a shovel, and a pair of boots. No thanks. So I found myself, Lyle and I being the very first two ever to go on a call with this fire truck, with this grass truck that we call. And we're in this field, and it's actually just corn stubble, you know, this, this tall. And it's burning. So we get it out. We're, we're running the nozzles. And then all of a sudden, we're like, okay, we got this patch. And we, I grab the, the hose line, this, this small hose, and we're spraying it. And he's driving. I'm walking. All of a sudden, the wind shifts. I've never seen anything like it. I'm like, it starts twirling. It's like a tornado, like tornadoes of fire. And now it's coming our way. I throw the hose on top of the thing. I jump in the truck, and we're like flooring it to get out of there. I've never, <laughs> I've been about scared three or four times or really in that moment of what's happening in a fire, and that was one of them. And in that instant, all of a sudden, the wind changed, it picked up, and it was coming straight for us. And just corn stubble. So I, I began to see that vision this morning. I believe like the Lord is shifting some winds. I believe what we maybe thought was normal and what was like, like same old, same old, like Sunday service. Like, okay, let's do worship. Let's do announcements. Let's do transition. Let's preach. Do an altar call. Leave. I believe there's a shifting of winds. And I believe what we saw as the fire, maybe even safe at one point, isn't the way anymore. I believe COVID's kind of revealed this. Like, like there's, there's people watching right now from home or a car or through this week that would have never watched before COVID. But now they're watching and they're, they're attending online and we're trying to engage and, and how we're doing church. And let me just say this, one of the things that started this past year, more than we've ever had any small groups start in the history of Upper Room, we've had more prayer groups start in the last six months. Well, let, me, let me rephrase that. We've had more um, grassroots, like, like organic prayer groups start, small groups start in the last six months than we've had all groups ever start in the last probably five years combined. The Lord is doing something. There is a shifting of wind. There, there, is, there is a fresh fire. There's a fresh fire burning, and, and I don't believe it, it has anything to do with a program. I don't think it has anything to do with a better projector. I, I don't think it has anything to do with a better production. I, I, I believe it's him. I love what Jackie said last week. Like They weren't going to youth camp to get something from Jesus. They were going for Jesus. When we begin to shift our services and say, listen, I, I actually just want to preach less. I want to, I want to worship more. When we begin to say, no, we're going to do an hour of worship and a half hour of preaching. Corey, I'm just kidding. I'm probably pushing an hour today. I have no idea right now. But, but here's the deal. Like, like there's these moments that, that, that there's a shifting. There's a shifting in your home. There's a shifting in your workplace. And, and it just takes one spark. I found this shirt yesterday and I was like, I want to wear that shirt tomorrow to church, forgetting what I put in my notes a week and a half ago. There's a campaign and this campaign is from uh, Cal Fire. Again, this was in my notes for last week. I was going to begin to preach and encourage the youth and encourage all of us. It just takes one spark. If you remember, we just came off a series and it was really focused on James 3 and, and it says, although a small member of your body, your tongue can create a forest fire. And I, and I take that and say you, not just your tongue, but you, your life, you edifying the Lord, you, you living out for the Lord, you, you being burning on the altar is the spark that will create a forest fire that reaches your workplace, that reaches your family, that reaches the streets, that reaches that business, that reaches whatever it is that you touch. 
So CAL FIRE and, and the U.S. Forest Service and the U.S. Fish and Wildlife and all these lists came out with a slogan in this campaign to prevent forest fires a year or two ago. And it says, one less spark, one less forest, one less forest fire. One less spark, one less forest fire. And there's all these graphics about, you know, burning uh, brush, uh, even chains on trailers, making sure the chains are off the ground and, and cigarette, like all these things, mowing and not mowing on dry days. There was all this thing. I began to study it. And I begin to say, oh, wow. Well, I'm here to say I believe the kingdom is the opposite. It's an upside-down kingdom. The first is last. The last is first, right? Be still and know. Go, right? This is upside-down kingdom. I believe one more spark, one more forest fire. I don't want to see natural fire start, right? I, I'm not into that. I, I had one scary moment of that in my life. That's good enough for me. Throw me in a house with an air pack. I'd rather that. But, but here's the deal. One more spark. One more forest fire. I believe you're the spark that your workplace needs. I believe you're the spark, girls, like, girls and guy. I believe you're the spark that your youth group needs, that your school needs, that your athletic teams need. We have somebody deploying. I believe he's the spark for his platoon. We have people in real estate. I believe you're the spark for all the new home buyers and sellers in this market, right? I believe teachers, you're the spark for those classrooms and those schools this year and those, those school nurses, you're the spark. Business owners, you're the spark to pastor and to, to mentor and lead your, your employees, your buyers, your customers to Jesus. Moms and dads, you're the spark for your kids. Grandmas and grandpas, you're the spark for your grandkids. One spark, one more fire. I believe we fan in the flame what the Lord's doing here. He is burning something, there is a fresh wind. And let me just say, fire draws people in. When you have a campfire, you draw in and you all create a circle and it draws you in and there's comfort, there's entertainment, there's community around that. There's this thing and, and I can't wait, man, I could get into like a 10 week series on this about the fire. But we talked about burning on the altar and Corey and I, we did this whole series of, of the altar, right? And, and I just remember like, we wanna burn on the altar. I wanna burn on the altar. I don't want last week to be the last crazy week. Let me just say this, I don't care about preaching. I wanna, I, wanna, I wanna be solid in the word and, and I do know that it's important and it, and it is God, right? But our structure of our services don't have to be around. Like we, did, we didn't care about not taking up an offering last week, guys. Well, you're, you're building a church, you need offering. God will provide if he wants to build something. But when he's building something in our hearts in that moment, when he's building something in an atmosphere, when he's imparting something, let me just say he'll make up for everything we don't do that day. One of the moms said, man, the Lord put something in her son this week to draw him into the word this week. And he was studying the word and he was passionate about the word. We didn't speak the word last week, but what God did is put a fire in somebody to take him to the word. Maybe this is a disclaimer for what might happen in the next few weeks, few months, few years. I don't care. But let me just say this. I will gladly step aside for the plan of the Lord. It might look different than what we're used to, folks. It might not look the same. It might not be the traditional church, but I don't know about you, but I don't think the next generation in the world out there that's hurting right now needs traditional church. They need a very untraditional Jesus. They need a very untraditional Holy Spirit to encounter them, to transform their thinking and their minds and their impurities and their hatred and their demonic attacks. I met an untraditional God. I met a God that was loving and kind and powerful and, and, and and, and real. I didn't meet the traditional God that was a judge waiting to condemn people. 
I met an untraditional Jesus that went against culture in his time, that goes against culture today, and that will put his love, his power, and his presence before attracting people. Sometimes it's not the popular message. Sometimes it's not the popular thing that's the presence of God that will transform people. Whoa. Why don't you stand with me? One thing I can say is, I can promise to not veer away from this. I can promise to say that we will never say, well, this is relative to time. No, this is the absolute truth. This is the authentic word of God. This is absolute truth. There, there is no gray. There is no, well, it was good for that time. I don't know about this time. No, it is, it is, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not a God of confusion. He doesn't change. But I can also promise we may not look traditional, but we won't veer from this. It may look odd. It may look weird. And, and, and I invite you to, to just dive in and say, Lord, the Bible says to earnestly desire all the spiritual gifts says to seek after and desire with all of my heart. That translates like with a fire, pursue them and desire them and be open and not just open to them, want them. And, and I don't know about you, but I, I, I desire them. But I want to give you permission right now. And I'm not talking like in this moment, but I give you permission that if this is not the right place for you, I will personally help you find a good fit of a church and a community that will surround you, that you can get plugged into, and that would be so much better. And guess what? We'll see each other in heaven. We'll party together then. I have no offense. You're not my people. <laughs> I don't have control over you. You're the sons and the daughters and the bride of Jesus, not me. I got a bride. I don't need another. I just want to be a part of one. I will not control you. There will be freedom. There will be liberty. There will be joy in his presence. There will be the fullness of joy in his presence. It might look different. There will be freedom in worship. We will try to make sure it's not chaotic and, and, and so weird that it's taking off the focus of Jesus. But I'm just saying this. I don't want church same old, same old anymore. After a week last week, after seeing my kids on fire, we've longed for this for years, even since we were pastoring youth. Our, we didn't go into youth as a stepping stone ministry to one day reach this. That wasn't my heart. The Lord threw me in as a pastor because my mom died and my dad didn't want to do it alone. Our hearts for the next generation. My heart is for your generation. My heart is to merge the generations. Lola, you're not done yet. She's the most mature one in here. You're not done yet, Lola. You got something to give. Each one of you have something to give. You're not done. It is not time for just the young whippersnappers to step up and start teaching Sunday school. You're not done. They need you. I believe there's an offense that says, well, we're still doing everything, and it's time for the young ones to engage and get involved. We need to ditch that offense because we need to teach them to get involved. We need to wrap them up under our arm and bring them with us. Not just say, you should be doing that. Invite them in what you're doing and train them. Young people, young people in here, it shouldn't be the Steves that are doing all the work at the playground. 
It shouldn't be the same people serving in the Sunday school classes and, and teaching the young ones and pouring out what the, God, the gifts that God gave you. I do got you back on this, some folks that are like, it's always us. Yeah. How will they know? How will they know if no one teaches them? That's biblical. How will they know? How will they know the Lord if no one shares it? Man, I, I got to stop. I could just keep going, but my heart is to merge the generations, a generation of convergence, where the Lord will use you in your giftings, your anointings, your callings. In the days of this being the epitome of ministry and the arriving place is done, Oh man, I welcome you up here. I would gladly trade out my preaching for one of you who are way better than me. Most of, most of you probably would be. But the Lord needs you in that classroom. The Lord needs you in that hospital. The Lord needs you in that coffee shop. Jared, the Lord needs you in that coffee shop. I know you've given up wealth. You've given up things. You've given up your school and what you were trained to do and, and the high level of different things you were educated in but the Lord uses you in that coffee shop to change people's lives and transform them the Lord needs us in the marketplace the Lord needs you in the government realm the Lord needs you Matt in the government realm he needs you to see from heaven's perspective there's a prophetic word on this right now the Lord needs you in the sphere of influence that he has launched you into the Lord doesn't just need everybody on a, on a church stage and platform. The Lord needs you where he's called you to be. And there's no second class anointing. There's no second class calling to stay at home with kids, to be in a classroom, to be cleaning up messes at a hospital bed. There's not a second class anointing. You are anointed and called for the very thing in the DNA God put inside you. Oh man. Next week, bring your friends and family. I, I believe the Lord is just starting something here. Okay, here's what I feel called to. I believe it's an addendum. I believe it's part two of what Nicole called. She called you up, I forget. I think it was something like the, goal, the Lord wants to put a fire in you. I believe the Lord wants you to put a fire on the altar. I believe it's shifting it to saying, you fan in the flame the gift God gave you. There was an impartation last week. There was laying on of hands. We had a little bit of that going on, a transition. I believe now the call is for you to burn on the altar. I believe this. I believe the Lord's going to encounter some people here intimately, and he personally is going to touch your heart. He's going to encounter you. It's not going to be hype. It's not going to be laying on of hands. It's not going to be this thing. But I'm telling you, I believe he's calling us to burn for him. I believe he is an all-consuming fire, and sometimes it's just us stepping out and saying, okay, here I am, Lord. The funnel thing, that, that was powerful. Lord, I say yes. I say yes. I say yes. You just lift your hands and just begin to say, I want to burn for you, Jesus. I want to burn for you. This is the altar call. This is you putting it on the altar. I want to burn for you. I want to give an offering, Lord. I want to give something sweet that's an aroma to your nose. I want to burn for you, Jesus. Let me burn for you. If the Lord calls, you can come to the altar and put it down. I want to burn for you, Jesus. I want to burn. I want to burn bright without burning out. I want to burn. I want to, I want to be filled with you. I want you to be an all-consuming fire. And I want you to burn away the shape. I want you to burn away the waste. I want you to burn away any distraction. And I want to burn for you. 
I want to burn for you. I want to be the spark that launches my school on fire, that launches a city on fire, that, that sets a business on fire. I want to burn. I want to be the spark, Jesus. I want to burn. The altar's open. I, I want you to put these fires on the altar. I want the Lord to burn in you. I want you to open yourself up. Just like at the tabernacle, I want us to open up. I want to burn. Let's burn as a church. Let's burn. Yes, Jesus, let us burn. Let us burn for you, Jesus. Let us be the spark. One more spark. One more fire. I want to be the spark that sets a school team on fire. I want to be a spark, Lord, that, that sets a family, a, a children, a generation on fire. I want to be a spark that changes culture. I want to be a spark that burns, that continues to get greater and bigger, Lord. I want to burn, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If the Lord would give you one ounce of courage, just step out and come to the altar. If he would just give you one little bit of courage, and we can set it on the altar. Let us burn on the altar for you, Jesus. Let us worship you. Let us adore you. Let us be in awe of you. Let us fear you, Jesus. Let us burn for you, Jesus. Not just a feel-good thing, not an emotional thing for a Sunday, Lord. Let us burn. Baptize us with fire, Jesus. Baptize us with fire. Yes, Lord, baptize us. Give us courage. Give us boldness to burn. wind is shifting the flames there's a burning here the wind is shifting something is shifting in the atmosphere something is shifting in culture something is shifting in the kingdom
minutes there of just the wind is shifting, the wind is, is blowing. I see, I see a new boldness. I see a fresh fire in some of you. I see a fresh, I see a fresh doors that are opening. I feel like there's an open heavens happening right now. There's something monumental. Chelsea, the Lord is delighting in you right now. You're his focus right now. You're, you're, his, you're his focus right now. He's delighting in you. You're like his favorite daughter right now. He's loving on you. He's giving you father's affirmation right now. He's delighting in you. He's so pleased with you. I believe there's this fresh wind that's blowing, and I believe that, that, that I believe we're getting caught up like in this, this, this wind. If you remember, Elijah was taken up in a whirlwind of fire, and Elijah's like, Elisha's like, I want the double portion. And he's like, okay, as long as you see me when I'm taken up in a whirlwind of fire, it's yours. There was this journey that happened, though. It wasn't just like, okay, hang out with me. No, like they journeyed. They, they went deep. They, it was this long, hard road for a season. And all of a sudden, he's like, the, the real call was, if you don't take your eyes off of me and you follow me, and you see when I'm taken up in a whirlwind of fire, it's yours. And it happened. I believe there's that moment where the Lord is swirling. There's this fire that's happening. There's this, there's this like portal to heaven, right? There's this thing that's happening. And I believe like we're stepping into something right now. And I believe this is a marker. We have those prophetic markers, those moments, those, those like stones, those, those memory stones. I believe this is one and I don't, it's not from the hype from a youth camp. I believe there's something that is deep happening and, and that we are a people hungry for his presence. We are a people after the Lord's heart. We are a people that want to bless the Lord. We are a people that just want to chase after him and bring along people that we can along the process. That's it. There's no agenda. It's, <laughs> we have no agenda to grow a church and build bigger buildings. And <laughs> I'm like, Lord, actually, could you just make it easier? Let's not build <laughs> Like he's doing something and I believe there is a fire burning and it's, and it's attracting the people that want to burn and be around that fire. And those who don't, it's you have free and full permission. And I promise you, reach out to me. I will help you. I have a dozen friends in this community in Tip City, Troy, this region that have amazing churches that I would go to and that I would fully submit to their pastors. And, and I'm telling you, I will help you. I will, I will be a part of your journey and, and we will be so kingdom minded in it and uh, we will help you, but I believe the Lord's doing something here and he's gathering a people that want to gather around his presence. I believe this is a place where he is gathering a people that want their first ministry to be unto Jesus, that want worship to be our first ministry. He's gathering a people that want to be transformed in his presence. They're gathering a people that want the spark, that want to be encountered by the all-consuming fire to burn and see places set on fire and be fireplaces. Let me just say this, some of you are wildfires, and that's great. Some of you can add some kindling, but this is a safe fireplace that we can adventure, go on this experiment and venture, adventure with. All right. Those of you who want to leave, you're dismissed. I understand it's, it's a little late, so just go have, uh, get some lunch. Those of you who want to stay in, in this realm for a little bit, we're going to play for a while. Uh, don't forget Jason's camera photography class is going to be taking place. And we will see everybody at church on the lawn. Please sign up to help if you can. Love you guys. Bless you.